Good morning. This is the Eager Beaver Show. You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver Media Podcast. The True North Eager Beaver podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters. CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum, and the Peppermaster, hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. Good morning and hello, kids, and welcome to Season 3 and Episode number 288 of the Daily Beaver Morning Show here on the Cryer Media Network. Yeah! Oh, yes, delayed jazz hands there for Mr. Grizzly. Ah, today, recording day, is Thursday, January 4th, 2024. Because yesterday when I promoted the show, for some reason, I wrote 2023. I did see that. <laughs> it was somebody you pointed out, and I had a good chuckle. And then you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> yes, I do know what year it is. <laughs> that's, that's common, though, when the calendar switches. Oh, yeah. it's, I don't know how many times. Back in the days when we wrote checks, I'd be writing the wrong uh, Mr. Atkinson. You've done, Oh, shit. They go, well, don't worry. We do that hundreds of times a day. The odd thing is that I got it right when I was promoting on Facebook and got it wrong when I was promoting on Twitter. First time I wrote 2024, every other time after that I wrote 2023. Don't know why. <laughs> oh, man, man. I'm your host, the eager beaver, pronouns he, him, hey, Mr. Beaver A. And with me, as always, is my good friend, Mr. Grizzly. And it is going to be what is not a normal January day here in at the Beaver Lodge, four degrees Celsius, going up to six. Yeah, that's right. Sure. We got a little snow here last night, actually. Oh, you did? Yeah. Um, oh. I can get it on the feed here. I'm getting worried for the summer because last year's wildfire season was terrible, and it's going to be the second year of an El Nino, which are in the cycle is usually the worst one. And oh, yeah. so far, there has not been much precipitation, either rain or snow. We've had like lots of great days, but not a lot of moisture. This is not going to be good, unless we get. Yeah, a it's a little. Coming. It's it's disturbing. It is troublesome. I'm quite yeah. disturbed. And I'll just show you that here's the current look of the nation's capital. We it actually looks like we're going to have a sunny sky. And I checked the weather like records for the last few weeks. We had three sunny days in all of December. Three. E. Three. E. <laughs> yep. Man. That's hard on the system. Oh, God, I can imagine. Yeah, 
down here, it's going to, I think it's going to be, yeah, mostly, yep, yeah, not very much sun too, but at least three days this week, they're planning that to see that there's going to be some sun and it looks like there's going to be a little rain uh, this week and some wet snow. So hopefully there'll be more of that because we desperately need it. We have our regular nibble for you kids, but before we do anything else, let's ask Mr. Grizzly how his mental health is doing today, sir. Sir, the old saying, go with your gut, trust your gut. Uh, sorry, we talked a little bit before the show. <laughs> they've discovered over the last, I don't know, a couple of decades that when your gut is off, it affects your mental health. And I don't know what happened to me last night when I got home from work, but I was feeling a little off. So I thought, I'll have a cup of tea and sit on the couch till my stomach settles. Stomach never really settled. I did have some dinner later and thought that was a terrible idea. But what happened to me after that had nothing to do with my dinner because it takes 18 hours for me to process a meal. I realize most people are 24 or a little bit longer, but I have a high metabolic rate. But here's the thing. <laughs> I probably lost a couple of pounds last night. Oh. Um. Mm. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. I'm not going to get into the gory details, but yeah, it was not a pleasant evening. And I had planned to get a bunch of work done last night and nature said, no, you're not doing that. You're going to be doing this instead. Thank goodness I had stopped at the pharmacy on the way home and picked up some fresh new rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> oh, 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 man. You need a combination of that with the bidet. It's not just bidet. It's, it's the... Yep. I'll oh, leave it at that. Oh, man. Gee. Okay. What a shitty conversation. <laughs> oh, but um, bum ba dum bum <laughs> All right, kids and cubs. Some interesting things in the news. Number one, if anybody has been following uh, the news of what's going on in Japan, not only earthquakes, but the jet. Yes. It's been a, Japan's starting off the day pretty rough. Yeah. But the day, the year. Yeah. What am I saying? The day, the year. They're having a rough start to the new year. Some thoughts. So yeah, some, some warm thoughts of comfort for them. But almost, I think everybody on that plane escaped. Yes, yes. And on, on the passenger plane, it's the other one. I think there were people that were... Yes. The coast, was it a Coast Guard aircraft, I believe? I remember off the top of my head. I think it was five people that died on that yes. one. But everybody else on the big plane got off and was safe. And... I don't know why, but my first thought was, gee, it really pays to read that leaflet. Yes. Number yes. one. And number two. Japanese culture, they would already, they would follow. Yes. And number two, see what happens when you actually listen to experts and not spend time on the plane debating whether or not the shoot will be effective? Yeah. Because yeah. I have a feeling that in North America, there would have been some dumbass standing in line and say like this, those slides don't work. I'm not going to rely on experts. Well, like, just let me grab my laptop. Somebody, somebody would have well. been arguing with a flight attendant. I'm not going to follow your rules. You know, damn well, that would have happened. At least one person would be an idiot. I'm not listening to you. You don't know what you're talking about. Plane about to go boom. <laughs> it just. Slide. This is what we do for humanity. Yeah. Say, the slides are down. Just get your butt off the plate. 
take your shoes off and go down yes. the slide. We, we could argue about whether or not shoes are effective when you're off the plane. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and the reason they tell you to take your shoes off is so that if you're wearing a sharp, you don't pop the shoe. You don't. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it, you run the risk. Of, wrong. Uh, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. You run the risk of damaging the slide. Oh, the slide. We'll call it a slide. Oh, that, that was an unintentional play on words, kids. I'm so sorry yes. about that. <laughs> it's okay. I know that was not intentional. If it was intentional, you would have had a slide grin, and you didn't. You realized after you said it that, it, oh, somebody's going to clip that somewhere. I know it and put it out on the internet somewhere. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. I'm a, I think this might be the first time of a little red-faced. <laughs> oh, a little bit. Yeah, you actually are blushing. And I wanted to say that came out wrong and that would be bad. <laughs> that would be even worse. Yeah, you just. Oh, oh, the Juno Daily Beaver for all your scatological humor. Yay. No. Jeez. Ouch. Oh, man. Yeah. Glad that everybody, at least on that plane, is okay. Thankfully. Thankfully. Yes. But yeah, that's a really interesting way to start the year. Uh, Prime Minister of Japan has a lot on his hands these days. Yes. I do not envy him. Uh, I think Trude Prime Minister Trudeau might be <laughs> going, well, finally, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. Gee. Maybe. Wow. All right. Also in the news big news that came out. A lot of people were waiting for this, but court documents related to Jeffrey Epstein were released yesterday. 943 pages released last night, which include transcripts of depositions from a civil lawsuit filed by one of his victims. Public interest was so high that the website crashed. Mm -hmm. Really? Yep. Oh yeah. There were no new allegations of the documents, no new co-conspirators named, of course, the main co-conspirator. She goes by Ghislaine Maxwell, even though her name is spelled Ghislaine. In French, we would say Ghislaine, but Ghislaine Maxwell is what she goes by. Yeah, I would say Ghislaine as well, but they say Ghislaine. Yeah, Ghislaine. Is... So she's in jail, of course. And most of the new, all the names released were people that were already publicly linked to Epstein. So there was no surprises unless... You hadn't heard the names yourself. Except what David Parker tried to spin as uh, yeah. in line of utter bullshit. And I don't know we'll, if you saw that we'll, or not. Yeah, we'll get to that. And Prince Andrew, for whom there were some allegations of wrongdoing, is on the list. But there are other people on the list. President Bill Clinton, President, former President Donald Trump, for whom there are tech... For Bill Clinton, there are no allegations of wrongdoing. Trump... There are no formal allegations of wrongdoing. There are some suspicions based on other allegations that have made it made against him in other parts of his life. So people are wondering if you did it potentially, for example, to Eugene Carroll, then maybe you had a you have a history of knocking on the doors of your Miss Teen pageants while people are in various states of undress. Then maybe, but no allegations formally specifically. Former sex crimes prosecutor Dan Shore made a point of saying just because the name is on the list, that should not be an automatic association of guilt. There are other names like Michael Jackson, magician David Copperfield, that are along among the list of dinner guests. But again, no accusations with regards to them either. I met David Copperfield years and years ago. Oh, did you? 
He's really tall. Yes. Yeah, when did I meet him? 1988, 89, 1990, something like that. Yeah. And I met him at the Chalry in, in Ulle. Oh, okay. Yeah, I used to DJ there, but I wasn't DJing there when I met him. It was just for a big uh, anniversary party. Uh, there's a lot of celebrities there that night, too, if memory serves. But David Copperfield was one of the special guests. Uh, Willie Ninja was there. From, they brought him in from New York City when voguing just became a thing. Mm. And then Madonna released the song like a year later. Yeah. Yeah, he was there doing it. It was cool. I got to meet, got to meet him. He was a unique individual. Mm. Voguing, voguing was so much fun. It didn't last long as a, as a craze. It, no. it lasted long for those who were into it. It was a big thing. Actually, there's a great TV show called Pose. That was a lot yes. about the entire culture. Really good show, but it was so much fun. I have you know to what? Admit, that that song, a lot of fun. <laughs> the song Vogue by Madonna is still a guaranteed dance floor banger. It has just got the perfect uh, BPM. It's got the perfect sound. It's got the perfect mix. It literally never ever fails. And I don't care how old you are or where you've been. You throw that on the dance floor if things are lulling. Mm-hmm. It works every single time. Oh, yeah. It never fails. Oh, yeah. That's a song with attitude, too, right? Yeah. Because well, you can't, you, you throw you, that on. You can't vogue if you're not given face while you're doing it. <laughs> so, so, so you throw that on. If like things are failing, throw that on. It'll get people on the dance floor. And it's like, shit, what do I follow up with? Throw on I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor. Mm. Okay. And uh, first things first, every rainbow person is on the dance floor instantly. Oh, yeah. It's like a national anthem. Not only that, uh, they did a poll not too long ago and they came up with the, what is the most popular song in the rainbow community? And that one won by a gigantic oh, yeah. slide. And then there's Diana Ross's I'm Coming Out. And yeah. yeah. And, and here's the thing it's, it's not just for the older part of the community. Oh, no, no. But for everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There are certain songs that transcend generations. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And those are three of them. Anyway. Yep. Okay. yep. We got a little off topic. That's all right. So yeah, those documents came out and you take it away on David Parker because apparently there was an attempt by some people to try to doctor documents to include the prime minister on this list. If I can find the tweet here that David Parker put out, who he he said that the prime minister of, uh, of Canada, Justin Trudeau, was on the plane. That was immediately de- debunked by USA Today. Geez, I don't know how many people. And Newsweek. Yeah, there it is. I found the tweet. Here it is. And I will share it on the screen in just a second here. I'll just blow it up for you. It's, dude, you, somebody's going to sue you for this because you keep saying these things. And how he keeps getting away with it is beyond me. But you know, Justin Trudeau was on Jeffrey Epstein's island. There is no known evidence to support the claim that Justin Trudeau was ever on Jeffrey Epstein's Island. And then some of the replies, because uh, apparently Theo Fleury also said this. It's like libel. David Parker should be in a mental institution or jail. This is Daniel Smith's closest advisor. This is the face of Pierre Polyev's supporters. And this is in a long line of stuff from conservatives, like going back to the days of Paul Martin with that press release, Paul, Paul Martin supports child porn. Back in the day. They really have it. They really are obsessed with this whole calling everybody a pedophile. But yeah. the, like, what the hell, man? Yep. 
Yeah, I know. I was surprised, though, that was Parker was the first one I saw to say that in Nazi Caillou. I didn't see anything from him. I'm sure he probably regurgitated that line, but I just didn't find it anywhere. Mm -hmm. So it's, and there's, how would you put it? There's been a concerted effort over the years to try and portray the prime minister as some type of sex offender. Right? Oh, yeah. Why did he well, really they, they, leave that school? And then there was that true grope thing uh, well, hashtag for a while and even polyev brought that up in the house of commons yeah why did he really leave yeah. oh you piece of shit yeah. and then there was the time where they had that big event in toronto for bianca andrescu after she won the u.s open and next thing was like people were taking pictures of him next to her and go oh, gee if i was a father and trudeau was that close to my daughter i would just like he would be making sexually advances on bianca andrescu on a stage with cameras rolling with his wife there. Yeah. Really? So there seems to be some type of concerted effort. It was just terrible. And meanwhile, we have underlying current wasn't the drummer and Stephen Harper's band mm -hmm. have some issues. Yeah. No relation doesn't reflect poorly on former prime minister Stephen Harper because you, somebody you, you don't know it's someone else. And then there was Senator Don Meredith, man of mm -hmm. God, apparently, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. was making some inappropriate comments to people and using his status as a pastor, mixing that in with that. And this is getting a little much. And what happened with regard to the prime minister is it seems that someone photoshopped an Epstein flight log and inserted yes. the prime minister's name into it, causing, for example, New Newsweek to publish. A fact check by USA Today verified that this image was fake and manipulated from an actual CNN broadcast. In the original graphic, Senator George Mitchell was in the spot where Trudeau's photo was added. Trudeau's name is not in the flight logs or card documents, and comprehensive searches have revealed no other links. How can I, when you're saying libel, yeah, but we just had an interview with lawyer Douglas mm -hmm. Judson about how it is, at least in Ontario, but you can't use it as a defense and slap. Uh, in slap legislation or anti sorry in the slap action or anti-slap action to say randomly calling someone a groomer or a pedo is just my freedom of expression no it's not yeah I'd think people would have taken a tip from that apparently not do you think david parker watches anything we say or do no clearly not of course clearly not. not he lives in his own bizarre little world <sighs> and why are Come on, the, the man was homeschooled by a pastor. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But my question is, why is the premier of the province of Alberta taking advice from him? Yeah. He has no real world experience. Yep. I'm sorry, he doesn't. And why would you be taking... Like, when you put a tweet out like Parker did, mm -hmm. 
it seems to me that if you were a politician that was associated with him, the first thing you would be doing is running to a camera or a microphone saying, ah, no, and uh, we are cutting all ties. But they don't do that. And it seems to me that if you were in the media, one of the first things you would be doing next time she has press availability would be asking her about that. I'm not going to say that Parker's an idiot. He's not. Oh, no, idiot. he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He's a manipulative little shit. Yes. And he's good enough in, in, in a one-on-one -on -one interview style thing to, to realize he's out of his depth and will change the subject immediately. So he's not an idiot, but he is a manipulative little shit. And I've said time and time again, he's going to push the wrong, wrong per person too far and going to pay by that. I, I don't, when I say pay the piper, that means somebody's going to sue him. Somebody's going to dress him down. I don't know, but his find out day is on the horizon and he is going to face it. And a lot of people have tried to help him and say, dude, dial it back. But he doesn't listen. Yeah. Doesn't listen. And I believe there was another instance of this recently. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I remember there was a bill being that was proposed in the house of commons as the session was ending that liberals voted against and you had conservatives going out again saying that they didn't want to protect kids with regard to pornography and sexual exploitation. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the father of three children. Yes. You think he doesn't want to protect them? I just don't understand this thought process and also it's the people that like just okay let's get into this for a second here the people who blame justin trudeau for every ill in their lives because pierre polyev has told them to blame him because that's what it boils down to people like parker and polyev and smith and mo and not doug ford though for the most part surprisingly yeah. Yeah. But they, he doesn't go there he doesn't go there so i'll salute him for that doug you're a horrible human being and you've done millions of uh, people a disservice and damage across the province of Ontario, but you are smart enough to not go there because it's all bullshit and Doug's full of shit, but for some reason he doesn't cross that line. Maybe it's because he's actually had a human moment with the prime minister. I don't know. I'm not even going to speculate, but what I'm getting at is it's, there's so many people that are blaming every ill in their life on the prime minister. The price of groceries, the price of gas. Why isn't healthcare? I'm like, okay, to begin with, groceries and gas are private sector things. He doesn't control those. No prime minister ever has. You're upset about the price of groceries? You can call your MP and your MPP and complain, but I don't know what they can do about it. It's private sector. So unless you want us to nationalize the grocery stores, there's not much we can do about it. There really isn't. Supply chains, those people get screwed. In the end, it's the profiteering of these big corporations. If you want to get upset about healthcare and how long you have to wait to get a bed or to see a doctor, don't complain to the federal government because they give the money to the province, doles it out as they see fit. Healthcare is a 100% provincial responsibility. And to that, our premier, Doug Ford, has cut $2 billion from the healthcare budget. And he's missing how many billions of federal funds? So stop blaming the prime minister for every bad thing in your life. Blame him for things that he has responsibility for, but not things that are beyond his control. 
like the price of groceries, the price of gas, the, the lineup for health care, the problems with housing, which, by the way, the federal government is doing something about because the provincial government has not got off their ass in years and done a damn thing for it. So it, it, I, I, it's, people are being so misinformed by slogans from Pierre Polyev and his ilk, lying to people daily about Justin Trudeau's responsible for, and I'll make it better, I'll make housing affordable. Nothing he can do about it unless we start building more homes affordably and providing tax cuts to construction companies that are building them with the incentive that you get the tax cut, but only if you pass it along to the purchaser. You cannot profit off this tax cut because we will cut your funding immediately and we will blacklist you as a contractor working in the federal government. Working for the federal government is getting back into building houses again, which they stopped doing, what, under Brian Mulroney, correct me if I'm wrong, and then it went further under Cretchen? Pardon? The, the federal government hasn't built housing since Brian Mulroney. Yes. He, he cut it off. He stopped it. You did it. You did an episode yes. about that not too long ago. We should yes, probably yes. revisit that and do it again and, you like, create a theme around the episode. Because we do these live and we fly by the seat of our pants, but Mr. Beaver always has facts and points to back up what he's talking about. I do too, but he he actually has the points in front of him, and I'm just trying to do it from memory to, to exercise the muscle, which is why I always ask, correct me if I'm wrong, Mm-hmm. This thing, the last latest attempt on this was Bill S-12. Yes. So it was a Senate bill. And it's called a, an act to amend the criminal code, the Sex Offender Information Registration Act, and the International Transfer of Offenders Act. And it seems that the conservatives were spinning this in such a way that the prime minister is trying to make it such that people who are sex offenders no longer have to register and therefore supports the exploitation of children. Mm. They're obsessed. They're literally obsessed with this thing. You're right. There's a limit. There's a limit to how much we should not be tolerating this as a society. If someone actually is a pedophile, if someone's actually doing bad things to children, if somebody's actually putting children in danger, like, for example, passing a notwithstanding clause bill when it comes to transgender children, simply saying, I would prefer he than she or they over he and she, thus risking their mm-hmm. security at home creating a situation where they may be kicked out of the home, where they may become one of the 40% estimated homeless street youth who are rainbow, who are then at risk of being sexually exploited or trafficked. That is a bill and a move that puts kids in danger. Then you speak out Mm. and you worry. But this type of stuff? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. There's got to be a line. There's got to be a limit. And people who are doing this, Mm -hmm. people who are doing this are not your friends and do not Mm -hmm. have your best interests at heart. 
No, they don't. Don't vote for them. Don't donate to them. Don't. They don't care about you or I. As I've said time and time again, and I'll continue to say it, they do not want to govern. They seek power to rule over you. They will create Gilead if they ever were to ascend to the office, the highest office in this land. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You don't believe me? Pierre Polyev took a photo with a guy who said if... What was that thing he took a photo with the guy at the stampede? What was his shirt again? It was a horrible thing about straight people and thank them if you're alive or something to that effect. Yes. But I didn't see the t-shirt. It was a lime green t-shirt. You were in a secure area. People were invited in to take a photo with you. It wasn't some random person in the street. By the way, how many times has the prime minister or the leader of the NDP said, hey, great shirt, and taken a photo with somebody? Don't tell me you didn't read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is who they are. Religious zealots, crystal fascists, they want Gilead. And I sound like I'm being hyperbolic, but I'm not. These people are dangerous to democracy. Yeah. People who just randomly accuse other people of being pedophiles or groomers or supporting child porn right. just to win the nanosecond, just win the day. Not cool. Just not cool. It, it should not be happening. And when it does, media, please do your damn job. Yes. Ask them and, why and they did it and when they try to evade. No, but you did. And when they try to evade, do like Rosalie Barton did in that interview. Mm-hmm. Again, but it says back. here two or three, four times. Let's see if their story stands. Don't just move on to the next question. This is not okay. This is toxic. There's absolutely nothing of benefit to society from people just, hey, I don't like you. I don't like your views. You're a pedo. Yeah, we, it adds we, nothing. It, it, and it's the thing that he just continues to get away with it. And it's the worst thing you can accuse another person of. It pre- Could you think of something worse? Because I honestly can't. Other than actually like eating babies? Yeah, I suppose that would be worse. But <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like. Come the F on. All right. Well, don't forget the whole Pizzagate thing where they thought they were had a sex trade ring in a, in the basement of a building that doesn't have a basement. Anyhow, (laughs) moving on from unsavory subjects. You said you had some in the description that you had something to say about the whole PR and electricity thing again. Let me, let me show you this uh, tweet here from Barney Panofsky's uh, best intentions. My name's not Gordy. Uh, and then we'll get into it. Okay. So I'll share this with you first because I always love his tweets because they're so good. I know. Pierre Polyev says, brainy people and angels whispering in Justin Trudeau's ear are running Canada now. And when Pierre's PM, there will be freedom and the waitresses, farmers, and electricians will tell him how to run the country. This all sounds so magical and fantastic. 
If we go back and look at his entire campaign speech, because that's what it was, done in front of a green screen, green screen poorly because he's lit from above when there was no actual lights when he did the original campaign stop on his rally tour. If you actually watch the entire video, he does a, he goes on a diatribe about, okay, how electricians capture lightning and run it down a copper wire to illuminate this room. And somebody says, he's being hyperbolic. Except he said it multiple times. And if that's hyperbole, it's ridiculous because it makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> Number one. Then he goes on a diatribe about how a waitress, who calls them waitresses anymore to begin with, that's sexist to start. It's a server. Mm-hmm. We dispensed with that word a long time ago. Mm-hmm. We don't gender that role. You're not a waiter or a waitress. You're a server. So the server who works a double shift, serving 12 customers at a time with 12 dinner plates at minimum wage to come home and teach their child math is an expert. But he doesn't say anything about increasing her wage so that she wouldn't have to work a double shift to feed her child and keep a roof over their head and balance the budget. And I guarantee you, if you're working a double shift as a server and you have two kids, balance the budget, No, you're just trying to keep a roof over your head and food on the table for your child. And if you are a server who works in a restaurant, I guarantee you most of your meals are eaten there because you cannot afford to buy food for yourself if you're feeding your children and keeping a roof over your head. And again, this chuckle fuck still will not address the fact that a minimum wage worker has to work a double shift to keep a roof over their head. I watch the video, and every time I watch it, I get angrier about another thing that he says. You're the experts. He wants to deny experts in this country of doing things that they do. Until recently, Canada was the most educated country on earth. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Yep. We were just surpassed by South Korea. Yep. 60 cent of, 67% of Canadians have a post-secondary education. Yep. Korea has 69%. They beat us by 2%. Yep. This is just reasons. Yep. We'd been the number one country in the world for a number of years. So come on, Canada, let's get better. <laughs> but it's like the whole point of it is that you've got people that are learning to become experts in their field. I'm an expert in my field, but I'm not an economist. I don't know how to run the budget. I'm an expert in my field. I don't tell the government what to do, but I tell the government what not to do when they're doing bad things which is what Pierre Polyev wants to do to this country, bad things. He said time and time again, let's go back to Serb at the beginning. We don't believe in big government programs. We'll provide tax cuts, which does not feed a person who does not have an income when the provinces have shut down the businesses. Please tell me how a tax cut will help somebody who has no income. Unless you're wealthy. Oh, wait, because you still have money rolling in if you're wealthy because you've got investments and probably dividend-paying stocks. So you getting a tax cut will be benefited. But a working-class, blue-collar, stiff like me? Yeah. I'd be out in the street with my hat in hand looking to make enough money so I can eat a meal. And I've had to skip a lot of meals over the last couple of years because I didn't have the money to pay for them. But I also didn't occupy a city and scream at the wrong faction of government about why my life was so hard. It was because of some of the choices I had to make at the time. 
and then circumstances led me to a situation where things got really hard. But I persevered. I pulled myself up by my bootstraps, which is the thing they like to say so very much, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Denying expertise of their experts of their expertise, pandering to the lowest common denominator, or as as Skippy said, the unwashed masses, which is pretty goddamn insulting. Because I just got out of the shower before we started this show. I am washed. I guarantee you. Look at how clean this is. Mr. Clean. You got it, my friend. That's who I was for Halloween. Yes. Mr. Clean for Halloween. Uh, and here's the thing, actually, I want to just to go back to S12 for a little second. Yes, please. Mr. Grizzly, if you will put this up, because you know how much I love open parliament. I decided to look at it. What's the vote on S12. Vote number 417 on October 5th, 2023. S12, an act to amend the criminal code, the Sex Offender Information Registration Act and the International Transfer of Offenders Act. Second reading of Bill S12. Yes, 314, no, zero, paired, two. Um, Everybody voted for the bill. Everyone. If that was a bill intended to make it such that as the claim goes that pedophiles no longer have to be registered into a database why do you support pedophiles it means every single mp in the house of Commons, every single one Rosaria, voted to support pedophiles i hope you linked that web portal to that gentleman yeah okay good 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 it's come on God, effing be kidding me, man. All right. So Skippy's being a dork. His fans are being a dork. Oh, God, yeah. Nothing new in Canada. (laughs) Same old. I know. Uh, Did you see see Lisa's? uh, She's got a seven, seven and a half minute uh, video. I'll, I'll, I'll link to it so everybody can see it. Let me just pull it up here and I will provide a link so that everybody can see it. And I'll put it in the chat here because if you haven't had a chance to, uh, to see it yet, I, I think you really should. This is just classic Lisa. She really goes for the throat on this one. And I had a few people attack me over saying that Skippy's lost his mind over his commentary about how electricians capture lightning from the sky and run it down a copper wire to illuminate this room. And I've had a few people say, you talk about mental health. Why are you saying he's out of his mind? I'm like, okay, because he is to make a statement like that, which he's made on multiple occasions, by the way. Uh And when you deny experts and expertise, that's an insane statement. Yes. And as somebody who has mental health issues, I can tell you, he should not be anywhere near the reins of power in this nation. I'm calling him out because a Mm -hmm. politician who is the leader of the loyal opposition is saying outlandish things that are nonsensical, that are dangerous. They should never be near the reins of power. Ever. Yes. So call me out if you want. I really don't care. I am, I have a clear conscience on this. 
somebody who has a mental health issue like he clearly does should not be anywhere near the reins of power or at least should be receiving some sort of psychotherapy and perhaps some medication. But he's unhinged. And not only that, he green-screened the whole thing. It was so horribly done. I haven't got a green screen here, but I'm well lit. He's lit from above and the crowd isn't lit. It's like, dude, you're, you're providing fake shit for us once again. And Brittle Star mm -hmm. did a really good comeback. I don't know if you saw it or not. I've got it bookmarked, but I haven't had a chance to see it yet. It's good. It's so oh. good. It's so it's good. good. All right. Well, I'll take a look at uh, Lisa's thing as well, and uh, perhaps we'll be able to take a clip out of it. Yes. I wanted to talk a little bit. Kit Cassie had uh, sent us a message uh, in the chat uh, a few episodes ago about Premier Wab Canoe having to reverse himself is probably not a reversal but it's probably just a delay on his promise to um, open up new ERs I think and open up some and, and build some schools I don't quite remember I had saved mm. it so that I could talk about it later and I do not remember where I put it I am Kid Cassie if you are listening this morning if yeah, you can here. send us something yes at uh, truenorseagerbeaver at gmail.com I'd like to talk about that more and get more details because I have not been able to find the article based on uh, the web searches. But there was something that interesting that happened in mid-December, which was, and this was reported in a CTV in Manitoba, where Manitoba's largest unions have been concerned that the NDP government will be unable to fulfill its promises as a result of the most recent financial data, according to an open letter released by the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. And it says, yeah, pauses on healthcare spending in schools that the PCs promised. That's what Cassie has just said there. And she says she'll send it to us. Uh, the letter that they received said that the current, the tax cuts promised by the government will make it harder for it to, to achieve its goals for healthcare, class sizes, and homelessness. And essentially, they've been asking for him to cancel those tax cuts, promised wow. tax cuts, in order to be able to fund these things. Promises should... Sorry, politicians should take their promises seriously, but the economic circumstances have changed since the tax cuts were legislated, reads the letter released by the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. During the election, Premier Wabkanu pledged to balance the budget during the NDP's first term and not raise Manitoba's PST, and has also promised to keep the tax cuts introduced in the previous budget created by the Progressive Conservative Party. Quote, we're concerned about all tax cuts robbing the government of revenue right now when we know there's pressing problems, said Molly McCracken, director of the Manitoba office for the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. Being the premier, being the government in charge means looking at the priorities and making sure you have the means and resources to do, said Kevin Rebink, president of the MFL, which I do not Manitoba Federation of Labour. The government revealed last week, so that was this was in early December, that the province's deficit is $1.6 billion, up from the $363 million projected in the 2023 budget. Now, I'm not sure whether or not it was the budget that was projected was unduly rosy, mm. because it was projected by the progressive conservative government at the time, leading up to an election, or whether or not there just has been a change, a sharp shock to the financial situation, which has meant that the numbers have been revised. I'm not going to suspect or speculate on this being some creative accounting by the former government on this one. I do not have enough information, although we do know 
not to put it past conservatives, right? Harper left the liberals with a balanced budget by selling all the GM stock at a loss. Yes. Yeah. Weed. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, yeah. And then, yes, of course, he just dropped the gas tax for six months as well. So, again, you don't have the luxury of not taking in revenue mm -hmm. at the moment. I wish our premiers would understand this. Yeah, I, I expect them. Like I'm, Cassie was saying, that the, the, she's seen gas for 99 cents a liter. I'm like, good. But so it's like cutting revenue tax revenue that is desperately needed is at a time like this i don't think that's a good idea like doug cut two billion from healthcare. he also lost us a billion by getting rid of license plate renewal fees right so you do not have this luxury and you, you, you can't like, you can't forego one million one billion dollars in revenues from license plate fees and then go to the government and says i need money for health care yeah Oh, we, 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 we save the tax. I'm like, no, if you can afford to drive a car, this was always a cost of driving your car. Yeah. Period. And then, and what happens then is then, then you get Paul, you have saying Justin Trudeau's inflationary deficit, deficitory spending. If provinces are not spending it, are not taking in the revenue and they say, Hey, we're short for cash. Trudeau give us more cash. And then Trudeau gives the cash, thus transferring the provincial deficit onto the federal government. That as leader of the opposition, you can't be going around saying, hey, what that's, about your spending? That's paying your, your 13, 12 or 13% interest rate MasterCard with your 22% Visa Gold. That's what yeah. that is. Yeah. So according to... No, I only have one credit card, by the way. Yes. <laughs> so according to the letter, the December 2023 one... Sorry. <clears throat> oh, something right. in my throat there. Mm. Yep. Hold on and just take a little sip of water there. Yeah, get some water into it. Dry, dry your throat. Okay. Or dry, moisten your yeah. throat. Make yes. your throat moist. Moist. The December 2023 $1.6 billion deficit projection makes it clear that the previous government's fiscal framework was unsustainable and should not be committed to moving forward. Any realistic path forward that honors your election commitments entails exploring means of shoring up revenue. It also means extending your timeline to return the budget to balance, giving the shockingly high deficit and deep cuts inflicted on public services in Manitoba. The letter is asking the province to avoid tax cuts and to take an approach that ensures sustainable revenue to meet the province's urgent need to rebuild public services, provide good jobs for Manitobans, and ease the affordability crunch for those who need it most. End quote. Now, Premier Canoe said that he will keep the tax cuts that are currently in place, as Kit Cassie said, and you know, is foregoing some gas tax revenue. So when we're saying that the NDP government of Manitoba really is acting like a progressive conservative government. It is. Yeah. It really is because given the choice, there's a decision point here. And it seems that the decision point is to delay the investments in the hospitals and the schools that he promised during the campaign in order to maintain tax cuts. Now, this could be a good or a bad decision. Right. Politics mm -hmm. is all about trade-offs. Yes. And right now there is an Compromise, affordability yeah. crunch. Yeah. Right. Strategically, some would say that burning your credibility on hospitals and schools early on is not good. But again, if you, a lot of governments do the crappy stuff 
in the first or two years of their mandate and mm -hmm. hope to recover in the final two. So strategically, it could be good in that sense. Mm -hmm. Or you burn a lot of political capital right off the bat and you don't have much credibility for three years, three and four, which could also. So it, it's a trade-off because the other way around, too, is that he could not have the tax cuts and the gas tax cut mm -hmm. and invest in the hospitals and then get pilloried on that during an affordability crisis. So it's somebody's making a decision that which is the aspect on which you want to lose credibility and lose some political capital first. Right. And he's going with affordability first, even though he did say during the campaign that having to drive further for a hospital does not necessarily mean you're going to get seen mm -hmm. faster. It's true. And again, as we've said time and time again, I'll reiterate this. They are NDP in name only. These are progressive conservative policies. And now we're, we're leaning towards some conservative policies. But as Cassie stated, he's looking to, he's going to make cuts here, but he still wants to search the landfill, but he wants to split the costs with the feds. Okay. I get the split the costs with the feds. I don't have the an feds issue with that. The feds will probably do that. Yeah. I don't have an issue with that. But it's, wait a second now. If you're going to cut over here to do this. <laughs> yep. And none of these, to be fair, to Mr. Canoe, great. None of these are enviable choices. No, not he a has single to one. Swallow himself whole on one yes. of them. He is going to lose political capital on one of them. It's just which one is more strategic to do it on first. Which one do you think you can recover? And that's the game, right? That's politics. You're going to take a hit. Period. Yeah. It's just it's how it is. You want to win over here? You know, you want to win over here? You got to lose over here. It, it's yeah. just how it goes. Yep. You can't make a list, a litany of promises that most of which are just not possible to keep ever without learning that you're going to have to make a sacrifice and a compromise. And that's just how it goes. You can't make everyone or keep everyone happy at all times. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. But this is the difference, however, between making a promise that you will not be able to keep mm -hmm. because they did overpromise. Oh, yeah. And making a promise and finding out it can't be kept. Yes. Which is what happened to the prime minister on electoral reform. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, he made the promise. He took the steps. He had the public consultation. When that didn't generate enough activity, he did the, the compass polling that mm -hmm. everybody said was trying to gear it toward. But he kept on trying and trying to find an avenue. And he realized that he met up against a wall that the Bloc Québécois and the Conservatives were just not going to allow it to happen mm -hmm. and that the NDP and the Greens were not going to allow any other option but proportional representation mm -hmm. to be considered at all. So it was deadlocked and died on the It was completely floor. deadlocked like this. And the only thing they agreed, and when they agreed on the referendum, mm -hmm which was a really silly thing for the NDP and the Greens to do, but they did agree on the referendum. They couldn't agree on terms. They couldn't agree on threshold. They couldn't even agree on a question. And by law, a question has to be, a referendum question has to be a yes or no answer. Mm -hmm. And the Greens were saying, well, you need a referendum. We've already decided that we're not going to have first past the post. So why would we put, do you want to keep first past the post or move as a yes or no answer as a referendum question? 
we've already decided that we're not doing that. We, the referendum should be which form of proportional representation do you want? This form or this one? Not proportional representation and ranked ballots or anything, right? It's, which would have required passing new legislation mm -hmm. to change the referendum act, which of course the conservatives of the bloc would have opposed, which means that none of that could have been done within the two years that Elections Canada said we need to do it because then we need to redraw the maps. And he just woke up and says, and then everybody turned around and then you had the NDP goes, but you promised. You guys didn't help me in any way, shape or form to make that promise happen. I wanted to so, keep the promise, but you didn't hold up your end of the bargain. So that's why I said, as voters, we have to make the difference between promises that were made knowing that they can't be kept. Yes. And promises made, and then you get into the job to, ooh, damn. It's not going to work we, out. We can't keep this promise. Which is why sometimes over-promising and under-delivering is a bad thing. <laughs> It's always a bad thing. Under-promising and over-delivering is always a yes. good thing. That's always a good yeah. thing. Indeed. Always a good Mr. thing. Mr. Grizzly, do yes. we have a show? We do, sir. We do oh. indeed. All right. Kids and Cubs, that's the end of this episode of the Daily Beaver Morning Show here on the Crier Media Network. We hope that you enjoyed listening to us because we love making this for you. We wake up very early to do this for you. <laughs> I start at 5 a.m. 5 a.m. Yes. Remember that sharing is caring, so please tell your peeps and poops all about us. And if you want to be sure that you don't miss an episode, you do not have to. Thanks to the Ray Girl, the fabulous, wonderful Ray Girl who sponsors our PodPage site. That's podpage.com slash the true north eager beaver, lowercase letters with a hyphen between each one of those words. And if you scan that QR code that's right under my chin, that will bring you right there. That way, when we have something fresh off the bandwidth, we will deliver it gaily forward to you. Finally, Mr. Grizzly was able to get stuff working to put some new episodes up. We're having a little problem with getting the Abacus Swings episode up. For some reason, it keeps on associating it with the Smile episode. Again, it's, if it's you happen to be listening error, on... But yeah. I'm just... It's just something's funky going on there. We will get it right. <laughs> Just, it's taken a little bit longer than normal because there's, it's a backlog of work. Yeah. But just be patient with us. Thank you very much. But we will get it right. If you would like to support us in other ways, make like Kit Elaine and go to our True North Eager Beaver Media Incorporated YouTube site, which has gained, again, more subscribers over Thank the you. last little bit. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. I'd like to thank Frankie Canuck for helping us out with that too. I think he he subscribed, oh, yeah. and, and there was a few other folks that came along from watching his uh, his interview yesterday. So yes, thank you, Snowman. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Yes, definitely. Please, there's share, subscribe over there. Please click those buttons. Have fun, smash all you want. And if you would like to encourage us to do a little more, then that QR code by Mister Grizzly's head here on the screen brings us to the Eager Beaver Lodge Emergency Hydration Fund, which See, I needed it today. Mm, yes, you did. You helped. Yes. To get there, you go to coffee, ko-fi.com slash eagerbeaver, lowercase letters, all in one word. And that's where you can make a contribution to help keep this show going. Thank you very much. We appreciate everything you do. Of course, because democracy is something that you do, go get your shots. What's going on in the hospitals in uh, the province of Quebec? And it's happening to other places in Canada, too. 
Yeah. There was one hospital, I think, in Quebec, I think it was the Royal Vic. I think that's like over at a 200% capacity. 200. I feel for our over doctors right now. And not just the doctors and nurses, but the orderlies, the maintenance staff. It, like Everybody is overwhelmed in the hospitals right now. Everyone. So Yeah, there was something on the National yesterday about, I think, even though the Governments are saying, like, we're hiring like never before. We're going to like 33% short on nurses that's needed. It's can, just in, in Ontario, we can thank uh, Doug Ford for cutting and then refusing to give them a raise, which they damn well earned and deserve. And then, of course, Mike Harris's wife has a company that is a staffing association of nurses where they pay them a little bit more, but don't give them any benefits work them to the bone and charge us, what is it, four times as much? Three. Three times Three. as much. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. for the same and they're hanging, Yeah, and they're hanging around in hospital parking lots, poaching the nurses away from the yeah. hospitals. The Ontario Nurses Association says the provinces need an extra 24,000 registered nurses, and they're leaving the profession. We're not recruiting them. So it's like when your best healthcare policy is don't get sick. Again. We're human. We get sick. It's what we do. Well, this is what's going to lead to my words of wisdom. All right, Mr. Grizzly, let's give us the words of wisdom, please. If you are angry with the healthcare situation in the province that you reside in, point the finger of blame where it should be pointed. Not at Parliament Hill or the federal government. Not at the Prime Minister of Canada. At your Premier or MLA. Is it MLA familiar? Premier. premier. It's still Premier, isn't it? Even when it's legislature. Yes. So point yep. the finger of blame at your premier because healthcare is a provincial responsibility. There's a civics lesson for you folks. Provincial. The mandates the, are provincial. It's a provincial premiers, responsibility. The premiers are the problem. They are the I'm, problem. I'm looking at this here. I have the data in front of me. As of Sunday morning, the average stretcher occupancy rate in Montreal was 125% according to Index Santé. The Royal Victoria Hospital was at 221%. The Montreal General Hospital at 184%. Les Halles Hospital at 180%. The occupancy rate in the Laurentians was 151% with Mont Laurier Hospital at 220%. Average occupancy, occupancy rate in Lanaudière and Montérégie regions was at 175 and 142% respectively. In the latter region, Barry Memorial Hospital was at a whopping 280% with Anna Laverge Hospital at 181 Mauricie, Centre du Québec, and Eastern Township regions were both averaging 114%, while the Net Capital National region was at 106%. This is ridiculous. Talk to your MPP, your MLA, and your Premier. And I don't mean via Twitter or Facebook or email. Get down, write a letter. You can type it out on your computer and print it. And hell, if you can't do that, you can go to a, a store and print the document. You can... Write it on your phone and Bluetooth it to a printer at a Staples store. Some corner stores have printers available. Print it, drop it in an envelope, and send it. You don't even have to pay postage. Postage is covered. Send yeah. it to your MPP, your MLA, and your Premier. Because or better yet, they are the ones who are responsible. Or better yet, call and ask for a meeting. Do that. Performance review. Yes. All right. Remember, we pay these people. Yeah. And they're not working for us at the moment. Clearly. All right, Mr. Grizzly, roll them credits. 
You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver media podcast. The True North Eager Beaver podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters. CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum, and The Peppermaster, hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. For the Easter egg, we have the Eager Beaver curling report, because you all wait for it with bated breath. It was an up and down day yesterday. I played the two best matches of my entire life yesterday. And in the first match, so close, I had to make a shot to seal the deal. We were playing against somebody who goes to the provincials. And we were winning. And my last shot, I didn't have the last shot in the match, but my last shot, it had to go, it could have been in front of the rock, behind the rock, way a little to the side, a, a little angled to the rock, anywhere but right beside it. Mm. And I put the rock exactly right beside it, allowing the guy to do a double takeout, and we lost. The evening match, we were playing against, that was our doubles team, we were playing against the number one team in the entire league. And it was a must-win match for us to have any chance of remaining in the A division. And I made the perfect tap back on the last shot of the match clutch for three and the win we beat the best team in the entire league and now next week we have to do it again (laughs) because now the best team in the league is down number two because we beat them we have to play the best team in the league now next week to try and remain an a well Give it the old college try. Yes, indeed. All right, kids. But hey, just a little moment of success. I delivered in the clutch. See ya. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. He had all, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know? And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world, and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. 
Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.